to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. I am the hipster in the title. And with me, as always, in studio is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow, or the Hillbilly. That's right. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I feel like it's right. been a while since we've talked. I know it's been a it's been a while. You've you've had a few um, a few things happen. New home, kind of new job, kind of new old state. It's been a busy couple of months, bro. I am tired. <laughs> we we moved to Kentucky and three months into living in an apartment, we're like, that is not for us. Uh, although it probably should have been because I didn't have to mow or anything like that. But uh, yeah, we bought a house. We moved uh, this past Sunday. Um, yeah, if you're in the Owensboro area and you need to move, shout out to Big John. Uh, Big John's moving. He hooked us up. Um but yeah, our house looks, I mean, we've been here three days. Our house looks like a tornado ran through it. My wife is not well. She is like, she just stressed beyond all means, but we're trying to get the apartment cleaned and, and the house put together. And oh, by the way, we have two small children and a dog that is nuts. So the world of chaos for you right now. Yeah, I started a job about three weeks ago. Um, I, I'm filling in at a church this Sunday. We have company coming in this weekend. So, like, it just keeps piling on. And I really, I just, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, how's life? In, in, not in, a holiday in sight till about Thanksgiving. So, you got about a six, well, almost two months away, right, before you can actually get that extra day of a nap. Uh, well, we get Veterans Day. Veterans oh, that's right. You're a government employee now. That's right. But, uh, you know, I'm away from home for four weeks. So starting in October, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's Jane. I, I got to look at my calendar. That's going to be nuts. But, yeah, lots of fun. Lots of fun coming. So how are things out in uh, East San Fran? <laughs> they're, they're going well. Uh Fall showed up today, so it went from about 90 degrees yesterday to about 60 and rainy today for the next I couple need, of days. I so need that in my life. It's a nice little break. That. Just been busy with uh, with ministry stuff and things at the church and trying to balance some outreach and keeping the, the flock happy. And I'm tired, too. I need a nap. Look, Get, getting used to Fridays off. <laughs> I miss having Fridays off. Um, I, you know, there was a quote and I can't remember who said it, but I'm pretty sure we were together when we heard it and it, it came to my head when you said, uh, you know, trying to keep the flock happy, man, sheep bite. They do. Sheep bite. And it always hurts more when a sheep bites than when a wolf bites. And I, it's something that has always stuck with me since we heard that and it just, I, you know, I cringe when I hear about it, but knowing that it happens way too much. Yeah, I got bit by a couple of sheep this week. So, yeah, got some bruises. So, I know it's not my turn to segue, but I think this is a, a good time to, to, to hang a left at Albuquerque, if you will. Um, talking about sheep biting, um, I think one of the reasons that that is, is because they're so used to being entertained rather than getting actual 
solid teaching and being fed a proper nutrition. If we're gonna, right. if, if we're gonna go full on analogy or I mean, the steal from Peter, right? They they just want the milk. They don't want the meat. That's right. That's they right. The they get comfortable with, with as little as possible, and then when you start trying to switch things up, they start snapping at you. You know, and it's interesting you bring it up because, like this week, I think Monday, the the results of Legionnaire Ministry and Lifeway Research's theology, the survey of theology that comes out every two years, came out again, and it's sort of that heartbreaking, shocking, but maybe it's not so shocking results when things like nearly half of the evangelicals that were surveyed think that all paths lead to God from all religions, including Islam and Judaism, or, you know, it's up in the 40% that believe that Jesus was a good teacher, but he isn't God, um, that the, the spirit is just a force and not, not a person, and, and, you know, things with original sin, just some really fundamental concepts that seem to we're missing and maybe it is because we have entertainers and we're, we're definitely not doing a good job with discipleship no no and i think i think discipleship is 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 hard one i know it's hard but there's no there's no book on it and i mean don't get me wrong there are books you can get that will tell you oh, oh there's a book on it you but but I, Bible. Shut, shut up. You know exactly what I meant. Stand in a corner. <laughs> Lord. No, but you know what I meant. Like, there's no there's no rhyme or rhythm, and, and everybody wants a process, you know, step A, step B, step C. But you discipling me may be completely different than you discipling somebody who's smart and educated, right? Yeah, it's the, it's the doing life together, right? And that's going to look different. I mean, it's going to be fundamental things too, but it's going to look different when you really get into the nuts and bolts of it, of everybody you're discipling with. And you may only have one person for your entire life to disciple, and, and that's okay. Yeah, so I look at the way that you're handling your, your young adult ministry and walking through life with them, and, and then I look at the way that I was walking through life with my students back in Indiana totally different directions right we do totally different things the way that i would break stuff down and 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 whatnot totally different than what you're doing but it's the same thing yeah so yeah and and uh you know i I think a couple weeks back you uh you know the crack staff here at the hillbilly and the hipster in our in our staff tech in that text chain uh one of our, our crack staff sent this quote, this Charles Spurgeon quote, where in the beginning he quotes Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, but the Spurgeon quote says, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. Where do the entertainers come in? The Holy Spirit is silent concerning them. Were the prophets persecuted because they abused the people or because they refused? The concert has no martyr role. And this quote really spun in my head since reading the results of the the survey of theology. And in fact, I've given that survey to my flock at my church starting yesterday. And and some of the results that I'm getting so far um, are kind of troubling to me. Um, But but it, it shouldn't be because, you know, my flock we're no different than any other church in America. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, by the way, can I just say how much I love Charles Spurgeon? Oh, I know you do for not being a Calvinist. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But yeah, so. So I used to serve with this pastor who hated Calvinists. Hated Calvinists. They were heretics. He'd be up in the pulpit talking about them, but quote Spurgeon every Sunday. And so oh, the one day. The, the, my last pastor was, he was a negative four point Calvinist, he would say. So. <laughs> But quote Spurgeon every Sunday. It used to crack me up. But this quote, I think it's home because I, I do think we're missing something with discipleship. And, and, and you know, and I, I think there's something to be said. Um, I was listening to, uh, to Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler on, on, on Doctrine and Devotion this week when they sussed out the survey. And they really were getting to the point of like, maybe we need to go back to Sunday school and midweek service and get back to those rudimentary things that we used to do. Um, and I think that's solid. I, I, I do think that, that you know, we, we failed at discipleship, and, and that's why our flocks and, and believers are allowing so much of this nonsense to get in. But I do think that Spurgeon quote kind of hits home because aren't a lot of leaders in the church now just simply entertainers? Yeah, man, I, I think that quote is like a fine wine or like a really awesome song, right? It, it, it hits every generation. Um, and yeah, I think right now, like we have more entertainers than we have anything else. Um, well, maybe we don't, but the entertainers have platforms that they've never had before. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's go that route. Maybe, maybe I misspoke. No, Uh, I think you're right. But I think that's what it is. There's a, we, it seems like an abundance because they're so available now. Yeah. They, they have, they have more ways of, of getting their platform out. Um, and so when I think about entertainers, and we talked about this uh, pre-show, you know, when you think of entertainment, you think of the dog and pony shows that come along, like, really the first thing that came to my mind was Hillsong. Um, but then you also, and, and sure, w- without a doubt, definitely Furtick and all of that, like, entertainment-based preaching. Right, we're gonna run around, we're gonna make a spectacle, I'm gonna lay on a couch, I'm gonna wear a tank top one week and a boo the next. Like I just laying down a futon. That's right, laying on the futon in the middle of the stage. Uh, but then that's not the only entertainers that we have, and I may be jumping ahead, and if I am, deal with it. Um, but that's not the only entertainers that we have, right? We have people that just want to tickle their ear, that they're deconstructing from the pulpit, or they have this this warped, twisted view on what Christianity is and they want to break it down and they're telling their congregations basically what they want to hear. They're preaching culture with a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in, but it's mostly culture. So so what you're saying is, is different than just the, the guys, the folks that are preaching topical. You know, I know, I know a few guys who are like, "Oh, this is a great topic." Now, let me find a let me find a verse to fit in with my topic instead of finding the example that fits with the with the scripture. You're talking about guys that are even going beyond topic; they're just kind of sort of a preaching to the choir kind of thing, but giving them the milk, but it might be a little sour milk. So, oh, absolutely, because like you know it. I know that uh, I'm going to step on some toes and I'm going to get some texts and it's not going to be pleasant. But I mean, 
we both know people who it's like their sole mission, uh, even though they claim to be Jesus followers, is like they want to destroy the church. Right? They want to break it down and they want to get away from that and they want to just do their own thing without preaching the gospel. They want to change what the gospel is and they want to, and I'm at a loss for words on how to explain it. Well, and I, I've served with somebody like that and I want to dance around this a little, but I mean, I, I was on staff at a church that was definitely like that where the, I was, I was the anti-entertainer. They were all entertainers. And, you know, and it, it got to the point where I, I don't, I mean, I think there were multiple Sundays where, depending on who was on stage and who was speaking that day, that the gospel wasn't even mentioned. So our our local football team was mentioned more than the gospel one. Well, I, I'm assuming that you were in Texas there, and that. Oh no, it was it was here in Colorado. Oh, oh! When I was on staff at Texas, it was all Jesus all the time. Football came second. That's, see, that's that's good, shocking, but good. Um, yeah, man, so I've been on staff at a few different churches, um, and I've I've been on staff with the Dog and Pony Show entertainment entertainer, right from the from the Sunday morning stage where it was such a production, it was so rehearsed, and it was to the point that like he would record it on Wednesday and then put it up Sunday like it was a live version and he would like he knew exactly where the joke was and how long he thought the laugh should be and, oh and wow so, so he actually like I mean it was a full on dress rehearsal wow that's, and a, little, was, that's a little uh, it's a little Driscoll-esque <laughs> it really was um, and I, I remember me and the associate pastor at the time. So, uh, like, we would just kind of sit out there and be like, "What? What's going on? Like, why is it such a big deal that you're so perfect and polished? Because we're not at all perfect and polished people." And and so, but then then this is going to sound a little hypocritical, but you know, I'm a hillbilly, so whatever. I have been that entertainment guy, but I think it's a little bit different because I've worked with students and, and kids. There's so, a little bit of a call for it there. Yeah, because I think you have to keep their attention. Mm -hmm. But like I, I look at my my two, I have a nine-year-old now, oh, nine, um, and my youngest will be six in a week or two. And like they can't just sit and watch them. Like it's got to be entertaining, right? And, and my oldest, like professing believer, been baptized, like knows his stuff for a nine-year-old. You know, great witness at school, um, really has a missional heart, which I appreciate. But you gotta gotta keep them keep them reeled in. And so you know, yeah, they have I, the attention span a nap. Right. So I, you know, I, I have. The story where I used a real axe, right, in a in a skit that almost went south uh, when we were talking about Isaac um, and Abraham, right? And so the, the head of the axe falls off that lands right beside the student that I have tied to a table. But I digress. See, <laughs> so that, that segues back to how 
you handling students and me handling the young adults. I, I took my young adult axe throwing. I just threw chop one up with an axe. <laughs> but hey, we're both living life. And I would, I'm, uh, the, the, the student that that happened to, I'm pretty sure just had a baby. So she's still living life. So I think I'm okay. But I think it's totally different when you're trying to keep a student's attention because you're, and, and you bring in that dog and, and pony show than, than in the adults on Sunday mornings. So what and I'm not saying that it can't be fun. Right? If, if we just go in and we're sour pussies, I don't want to be a part of that. No. But so there can be fun and there can be life to it, but it needs to have sustenance, right? It needs to be, is that the right word? Yes. That's a big word. That's going in a big word jar, folks. Well, it's like the, the church I pastored before when they asked me about three weeks in when I was going to bring out the puppets because they were used to puppets. And I found the box of puppets in my office. I feel like I haven't heard this before. Oh, you know the church. You preach there. You didn't know about the puppets? No. It was a box of puppets. And he had a, a, he had a, a you know, that, that church that I pastored, he basically left his office intact, never moved a thing out. And I found the box of puppets and all the puppet scripts. And they were like, well, when are you going to start using the puppets? For a and, Sunday morning uh, adult? Yes, during service. Puppet. During service? I used to call them the pulpit puppets. The uh, pulpit I mean, puppets, I, they disappeared. I, just, I, I don't know that I've thanked you enough for taking that church and not me. The, the puppets ended up in a dumpster behind a mire in Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I should say the mire. There's not a point in that in that Spurgeon quote, right? That that really I'm thinking about now. Reel really it back in for us, Jen. All right. The whole quote is he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. Where do the entertainers come in? The Holy Spirit is silent concerning them. Were the prophets persecuted because they abused the people or because they refused? So that line. Right, were the prophets persecuted because they amused the people or because they refused? Think about this. We've gone, we've, I've been to two, two conferences, two pastors' conferences with you. One huge, one kind of small. Um, the huge one, there was no room for me in that conference for the type of pastor I was in the church that I was pastoring at the time. I was a failure. To them, right? I, I was, I, you know, were, were, so if I was one of those prophets, was I persecuted because I refused to amuse? Or, you know, like a lot of those guys were up there and they've got big churches and they want to tell you how to have big churches. But then we went to another conference in Kansas City, the uh, Jared C. Wilson's Normal Pastors Conference, I think the last live one that they had. And I think those dudes all were pastoring churches. The biggest churches were probably just a couple hundred people, not multi-site, not multi-campus, not multi-service. I mean, still a lot bigger than the churches that you and I were part of pastoring at that time, but still felt a but little more. With, with that, 
I feel like we fit in really well. Like we weren't ostracized. Well, they hung out with us where, right. you know, maybe you saw some of the rock star preachers from the big conference we went to walking through the audience. I mean, walking in the galley through the, through the uh, exhibit hall on their way to some other shindig. You don't want dish cans on signage? <laughs> yes. That time in Orlando, Andy passed up getting a discount on signs, and the guy chased him down the exhibit he hall, was, wanting to know why he hated he was, the discount. He was an angry elf. He was. But no, like... But there's something about those guys, right? I mean, having both of us pass through the rural areas, or, you know, semi-rural areas, there's something about those dudes that are faithful in their little churches, you know? I mean, we both preached, filled in preaching at a church that had a faithful flock of 15, the youngest one being 55. And, and those people were faithful. And so like, but whomever comes in there, whomever comes in there and shepherds that flock, whoever passes that church, they're, if they're not an entertainer, they're kind of cast aside. I think that the world wants us to be entertained. I think so, because I think the world, uh, so let's look at the culture we live in, right? We live in a culture that is, do what makes you feel good. It's wrong to be told no and that you're wrong. And that it's a Burger King society, having your way. Right? I I heard a quote, and and we might get canceled after this. Uh, My apologies. But, you know, this guy was like, well, how many genders are there? And he's like, well, if you talk to other people, there's thousands. Right. But in 500 years, when an archaeologist digs up some bones, they're either male or female. Right? And so we have to look at it through, I can entertain you all day long. But if I'm not giving you Jesus, if I'm not keeping it simple, if I'm not pointing to the cross i'm not doing my job and i don't know that if we focus so much on the entertainment aspect if we're going to cover that because i look at jesus and really some of the most entertaining things he did was keep a party going and you know rocket top chef right like made some wine out of water a dude could keep a party going. And then he fed a bunch of people with not a lot of food. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of entertainment. There was a lot of, hey, why are you living like that? Or, hey, why is your faith so small? Or, hey, doofus, you're sinking. Why did you take your eyes off of it? Right, why is your right? face? There's, why is your there's face? not a lot of entertainment. And so there is no martyrdom in the entertainment world or the concert, however you put it, because everybody's having fun and doing what they want. And that's not the gospel at all. Well, in, in that quote, right, he opens up with Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And throughout that section in Ephesians, you know, in Ephesians 4, basically like 11 through 16, um, you know, Paul, Paul's making a case for our holiness in Christ. 
right? That, and, and not only just our holiness in Christ, but that, you know, our, our inheritance, right? That our secure inheritance through the spirit. And sometimes I think, I think that we think it's wrong to talk about our growth in Christ, right? As a believer, as a church member, I think that we think it's wrong to talk about how we've matured in Christ or how we've matured in our faith or how we've matured in our Christian life. And, and I think scripture throughout scripture, but particularly Paul's writings that clearly teaches us the importance of Christian maturity and our need to grow into it. Right. That's what we're, I mean, even goofing off about the milk before, you know, in Peter's writing, he's like, you know, it's, it's time to get off the milk. Time to go to the meat. It's, it's okay to mature. And that maturity is only aided by gifted teachers and leaders. And there's a, a curriculum for youth. And man, I wish I knew who wrote it. Uh, it's not the greatest curriculum, but it was good for what we used it for. Um, we used to split middle and high school up. They weren't in the room together. Um, and we started, every, it was a series, and we started everybody on the same stuff, just different because of the pace we would go. Um, but there was a book called Milk, and so we'd go through it. And then there was a book called Bread. Okay. And we'd go, through, and then it went in the third, it was a three-book series. And they're, I mean, little thin books, devotional, really. Um, and then the last one was Meat, and it just kept getting deeper and deeper in theology and a way of discipleship. Um, and so was it the best curriculum I've ever used? No, but was it a really good way to kick off a walk with students that you know had some, some because they had a really good children's ministry, so they had some basis, but no application, right? They had some information, but no application. And so you started using this milk and then graduated to bread and then graduated to meat that would reaffirm the, the foundational trainings that they got as a child but then give them application for those foundations as a preteen, teen, and young adult. So obviously um, obviously the answer is glaring, right? I mean, I I don't necessarily know how to answer this, but the answer is glaring that we're, we're to hold steadfast in the faith. We're supposed to, as shepherds of flocks, we got to remain faithful and keep preaching the gospel and not be entertainers. We can be entertaining we can make things interesting. We can maybe not be so boring a dull when we deliver it, but it doesn't change. What we're delivering doesn't change. You know, I yeah, over the guy who would put costumes on in the pulpit yeah. and have theme music. Um, but I, I, guess, on, I feel attacked on that one. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you at all. <laughs> I'm not talking about BBS. Um, yeah. but I, so, but what, oh, that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast, TVN. Oh yeah. Wait till next summer. We're going to talk about PBS. Um, can I, can I wear the, the big pink hair? Yes. And your conductor outfit. Game on the conduct. I got to find those. They're packed away somewhere. But I, I've stuck the pink hair. <laughs> the pink hair. You're going to wear the pink hair. I've struggled oh, yeah. with this in my ministry to, to try to, juggle the numbers because you know some people around you that you admire or, or maybe you think are are better at it than you push the numbers game a little bit and and I think when we focus so much on the numbers we're losing we're not focusing on the faithfulness and we're not focusing on on 
shepherding those sheep? I think yes, but if you look at the guys, and I may have already said this, and if I have, you'll hear it again. Um, if you look at the guys who tend to focus on numbers and sheer entertainment, there's almost always some sort of moral failure, right? And I don't necessarily, that's not necessarily saying there's, there's adultery. I served with a guy one time, he was so infatuated with numbers um, that it caused him to just be a jerk, right? Yeah, so boy. he would... When, when things didn't go his way, he would chastise you from the pulpit. We pushed, and I say we because I was on staff, but we pushed for, oh, this Sunday we want to hit 250. And he pushed and he pushed and we pushed and we pushed. And then that Sunday we had 95. Yeah. Because people were so turned off that it just became about numbers. And he was so mad before the service. That when he got up to preach, you could tell he wanted to be anywhere else but there, and he could care less about anybody sitting in the in in the auditorium. And so, like th that to me is a moral failure as well. And so, if you look at these guys who push numbers or, or fall into that entertainment bracket, there's there's generally a failure. Yeah, you see it from time to time, for sure. And I mean, people that I've looked up to, that's happened recently. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's it's a sad state. Looking back, uh, and I haven't read through the whole thing. I've read through part of it that you sent me. Um, looking at the numbers, it's staggering where we are as a country and how... There was a song a few years ago. It's more than a few years, but the fire when the movie Fireproof came out about marriage, you know the the slow fade. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And so, like, you know, one small step, and that's okay. So we're going to go to another one, and you slowly fade into what you know is wrong. But you're like a, a frog in cold water as it heats up. You just get used to it. Yeah, right. So, as Amer it's not been a slow fade for America. It's been a pretty, pretty fast fade to where, and, and, man, I can't think of the verse. I know the verse. I can't think of the reference. But it says, you know, there's going to come a time when people don't want to hear truth. You know, they're going to want, they're, I'm paraphrasing, but they're going to want their ears tickled. They're going to want to hear what they want to hear. We're not listening to sound doctrine. Well, it feels like that time is now, but I'm sure that's, that's what I was. I'm sure that's what I was just past generations felt that time was then too. Maybe that time has always been. Yeah, I, well, and I, I think it is. I think it's a continuous thing, but and maybe it's because social media is so rampant now that we see everything. But I think that it's so much worse now than it was because you can say whatever you want, be a keyboard warrior, and nothing is going to happen. And, and so we've quickly faded into this entertainment phase where we don't care, I say we generally, we don't care about gospel truth. We care about what makes us feel good. It's like the pastor is up and he's, he's doing his little song and dance 
And then if things are going just right, you know, are you not entertained? I, I, I dropped that quote the other day. <laughs> yes. And I mean, if you, if you think about it, as especially in churches and the size that we're used to, one family or two family leave. Devastating. And what do you talk about in deacons meeting and staff meeting? Why did they leave? Are they are, is our kids program not entertaining enough? Is is the youth pastor you know is he an idiot and, and can't hold attention? Uh, you know what are we doing? How do we need to bring these people back with two or three other families with them? What programs can we do? What about this and what you know? And then it becomes less and less about how can we walk through life with you and show you Jesus, and more about hey, you want to come play in our bouncings, right? Or a church I visited in that being said, had a water park. <laughs> that being said, I love a good bounce house. And with the meme of the church that's right by the water park, I am all for the water slide baptistry. <laughs> for you, uh, there's a church that has a water park as its kids ministry in the back of it. So I don't know if they're doing a water slide baptistry, but it might be close. I'm about it, man. Let's let's. I I will be that entertainer. All right, well, Bill, yeah, I, two minutes. You're 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 gonna preach this Sunday. I'm preaching this Sunday. What are you gonna do to not be an entertainer and to try to give them something solid to maybe give them a little bit better theology? Just give them the truth. What's yeah, I plan? think I'm gonna be authentic. Right. For the longest time, I would I thought I had to have a certain cadence to be a pet, you know, to preach. Every three or four words, you had to take a little pause. You know, you had to your hands just had to be just right. I tried to be Matt Chandler for about two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you Are know, you tracking I, with me? <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just I want to get in the pulpit. I want to be me. I want to. And I just want to, I just want to show Jesus. And so if that's me standing up and, and people think it's boring, well, then hopefully Jesus moves their heart. But I, Amen. That's my, that's my plan on Sunday is to go into this little bitty church, this little country church, uh, and be myself. What are you preaching? Say it again. What are you preaching? What, what scripture? Uh, I think I'm preaching in Mark um, with the lady begging for crumbs, essentially, where Jesus calls her a dog. Um, but it's not the dog that most people say it is. Right. You know, he wasn't an insult. So I, unless something moves me and I change, that's where I'm. That's where I'm. That's where I'm. Okay, at, so I'm doing Jude, Jude three through five. We're going through Jude. Okay. Started last week. First two verses. We're doing the next three this week. Probably be in Jude for about six or seven more weeks. They think I'm crazy that I could stretch nine weeks out of 25 verses, but I think you could probably preach a year on Jude. Well, I know my youth group got really annoyed. I mean, I think they appreciated it at the end. I went 18 months. No. Well, almost two full years in the book of Acts. You're the John MacArthur Youth Ministry. <laughs>
and then busy and you're tired but what what's been good for you what 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 what's brought you some joy these last couple of weeks i know my mets and your braves are both in the playoffs and I, i'm just as we're sitting here thinking i'm like oh we're gonna have to record a live podcast watching a play-by-play when the mets play the Braves either that last series of the season or when they're in a playoff game. That'll be an interesting podcast. I was about to say, I, te- I tell you what, if we play each other in the playoffs, we will live stream one of the games with me and you watching together. Um, whether somehow one of us flies to the other one uh, or what that looks like, we we'll, will we'll meet halfway. We'll meet in Kansas City. I'll actually be in, in – in training, so I'll be in a hotel. So oh, that's right. We'll we'll live stream from there. But yeah, we'll we'll make that. I, really, the thing that's brought me the most joy, um, is is starting this new job. Right, um, not working with the part of society that people want to work with. Uh, the people that 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 have the job that I have, sometimes their view on those people, they're really harsh. And sometimes you have to be harsh. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I told a guy today that the, the only person they should, you know, answer before Michael, Jesus, but, um, but it's really just showing that you can look at that population with a Genesis one view instead of a Genesis three view. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, watching the look on those people's faces when they walk into my office and I, I don't smile a lot, but seeing them light up a little bit when I start talking to them like a person. So what about you? I know we're running out of time and I talked a lot. I'm sorry. Um, I've been reading this book, this rediscovering church by Jonathan Lehman and Colin Hansen. And it's been awesome. I mean, I, I've really, um, trying to figure out how I can implement this and get the whole church to read it and reading it with a small group, but it's been great. Um, pretty much it's just been that, just kind of chilling, watching some, I watched some football Sunday night with some church folks and, uh, watched a little soccer last weekend. So they, they resumed soccer, even though the queen's funeral hadn't completed yet, but they brought soccer back after canceling the weekend before that. So that was good. It was a good weekend. But Andy, I want to just let everybody know. We want to thank you for for listening, and that you can you can get us on all your favorite podcast apps now, including that that little mom and pop operation called Apple. Um, we are now actually on Apple Podcast. My wife will start listening. Your wife can listen now. There's no excuse. Um, but reach out to us if you want to connect with us. We are on Twitter at at Hill Hipster Pod, or you can email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com and Brokor it's been a a great 40 minutes with you take us home yeah hey man enjoy the rest of your week and I gotta go I gotta get to Denny's alright take care everybody later guys